that just helps you start the year right. And so we're going to continue on kind of this idea of, of what would happen in 2016 if we really begin to seek God for what he wants to do in our lives. Um, in, in, our, in our community, uh, there is a lot of people who need God to show up. Um, and, and there's nothing that God loves more than, than keeping promises he's made and answering prayers that people pray and performing miracles. Like the God of the Bible, read through these miracles, read through those stories, they're still happening all around us every single day. And there's nothing more. I, I believe he loves to be a part of that, to interact with people and say, hey, I want to show up um, and do these things and fulfill the dreams that he's placed in our, in our, in our hearts because uh, that's who God is. And that's what he does, and he invites us to be in that, that, that process with him, just like he did in, with the Bible. So this is part one of the Circle Maker, and uh, uh, we'll be asking a question. There, there's a story that, that took place um, the generation before Jesus. So in, in the Jewish, in Jewish documents, there's a story of this man named Honi. Uh, he, he was a, a sage that kind of lived outside of the city gates, kind of centric. And uh, the, the, the generation, 1 BC, uh, first century BC, uh, he, he lived in this time. And, and there was a, a bad drought that was happening in Israel. And this man, Honi, the people came to him. And he, he was known for praying. And, and what he did one day outside of the city, he went out into the, into the dirt. He took his staff and he drew the circle around himself. This is a circle with his staff. And he got in the circle uh, and he began to pray. Uh, because the, the, the drought was so bad, it was threatening to destroy this, 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 the people there. And uh, it was just, what, what happened is, if you read the Bible, from the time Jesus shows up, uh, there, 400 years, there was silence. There was no, he used prophets and leaders to speak to his people. Well, for 400 years, there was nothing. There was no, no nobody was talking about, um, God wasn't speaking through the prophets. It was, it was a quiet season. But even though God wasn't speaking, this man still believed God was listening. And he, they knew that he, they needed God to show up the same way that he showed up in all the other ways in Israel. And so he goes out, the, out there and he draws this circle and he prays this prayer. And this is the prayer he prays. He starts off by saying, Lord of the universe. He gets down on his knees in the circle. He says, I swear before you, before your great name, that I will not move from this circle until you have shown mercy upon your children. And there were thousands of people that gathered around him while he was doing this. And they were watching like, this guy's crazy. What's going to happen? And all of a sudden, it begins to sprinkle. And they hadn't seen rain for a long time. So you can imagine the joy in the people like, what is happening? Like he prayed and it's starting to rain. And as it's raining, people look at the clouds. He continues his prayer. He says, not for such rain have I prayed, but for rain that will fill cisterns and pits and caverns. And as people were watching the sprinkles come down, they, they said it began to change and big drops about the size of, of eggs would begin to fall and hit the ground. And you can imagine little splashes and water began to run. And in fact, it kind of freaked the people out because they thought, you know, flash floods in the desert. They, they ran to the higher areas. They began to run away. And as it's raining and coming down, Honey continues to pray. And his prayer, the next part of his prayer is this. Not for such rain have I prayed, but for rain of thy favor, blessing, and graciousness. And it says that the rain began, not, the, the tormental rain that kept coming down began to slow. And it was just a nice drizzle, like a, a, good, a good rain that was soaking the, the ground, soaking the skin. And it began to happen. And people were amazed. And you can imagine all of that. Well, religious people in Honey's day, kind of the Sanhedrin, kind of the same way they treated Jesus, they treated him. They wanted to excommunicate him. They said, how can you demand God, you know, perform a miracle? This is, this is not right. It's, uh, and, and they wanted to excommunicate him and make a big deal. But because all the people that witnessed it and said, hey, this is a miracle. God showed up. He prayed, and God showed up, and God did something. It was a bold request. And God honors bold requests because bold requests honor him. So we, we want to go into this series um, and, and really um, ha, ha, have the challenge of saying, what would it look like if we became people that really believed God can do some of the same things that he's done throughout history? It's happening all around us. 
Um, our church is a miracle. What God is doing here, it's, it's a big deal. Like, this is not normal. These don't things just happen in 16 months. You know, God, God show up and, and helps so many people connect to him. It's a miracle. It's, it's awesome. And we need to give God the, the credit for that because he showed up. Uh, when, when, um, when I was starting to plan to prepare to, prepare to start a church, um, people t- began to tell me, you know, it takes a lot of money. It's really expensive. And this is the first question they'd ask me. How are you going to raise all that, that support and that money? And I was like, I have no idea. Um, but I just believe this is what God is asking us to do. There's, there's a need. We want to go fill the need. And so we stepped out in faith. And what some pastors told me it would take me a year and a half to two years, I should say us, a year and a half to two years to raise the funds to be able to start, uh, we were able to do it in eight months, which is awesome. And it was just amazing when I talked to them, and, and, and it's good. And we celebrated. They were blown away, and they said, all right, I think this is, this is a sign that you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do. And so after, after years of preparing, we launched out 60 months ago. We started it. It's, it's awesome. What God is doing here is great. Um, if you're new to church and you've, you, you came today, um, we're, we're excited you're here. Now, our prayer is that you would be able to connect to a God that has a better future for you and a better life for you. And whatever you're facing, um, you would be able to do it. Because here's the truth. All of us, we need a miracle at some point. And maybe you came today and you're actually saying, I'm in need of a miracle. Like, I need something to happen in my marriage. I need to happen, something to happen in, um, in my finances. I need to have something to happen at work. Whatever it is, if, if you're not in need of a miracle, at one point, some point you will be. Um, and, and here's the thing. God wants to help you through these challenges that we face. You know, last week, Robert did a great job talking about um, um, Joseph in the Bible, how, the, how he, they went through things, and, um, and, and he faced these hard times. And what he talked about, about hoping, uh, hoping in God, that God could take us through these things. Uh, and just because, just because uh, we don't like necessarily what, what, what is happening around us doesn't mean that God's not leading and doing something there. He wants to lead us in this. Uh, but here's the thing. When, when we pray, we don't need to pray and ask God to do things for us that we could do or should do ourselves. He's not going to answer those prayers because that's obvious. Like, you should be doing that. I don't need to step in and do that for you. You should just do it. He wants us to pray the prayers that when we pray them, that it's, if, if he doesn't show up, it's impossible for anything to happen and take place. Like, we needed that years, uh, years ago, and we're praying, saying, God, if you want us to do this, we need you to show up in a great way to know that you're with us. Otherwise, we won't be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish. And the reason is when we pray those prayers, when it actually happens and the miracle takes place and the, and the prayers come and, and the blessings come, the only person that could get credit for it is God because we couldn't manufacture it. We couldn't do that. It's, it's, he's the one that gets the credit. He loves to answer those prayers because he wants people to know that he's engaged, that he loves, that he cares for us, and he has a better way for us. And so a lot of times the greatest moments in our lives is when, when our needs intersect with God's ability and his power to be able to answer. So drawing prayer circles starts with discerning what God wants and what God wills. If you want your prayers to be answered, you need to begin to learn what God actually wants to do in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your, in your business. Because when you begin to learn what he wants to do, you'll actually begin to pray the way he wants you to pray, and he's going to answer those prayers. That's part of it. Because the power supplied to our prayers is learning to pray what God already wants to do. He designed you for something specific. And when you figure it out, you'll begin to live out a lot of purpose and a lot of joy and fulfillment because you're doing what he created you to do. The way you can find out about that is, is reading the Bible. As you read the Bible, you'll begin to hear his stories, listen to Jesus' stories he told. In fact, he said, uh, the first message he said, when you pray, like he's expecting his followers, when you pray, do it this way, there's a way to do it. You read, you figure out how he wants you to do it. When you fast, what is fasting? It's, it's us denying ourselves food um, or in our, in our culture, other things that, that have a tie to us, some kind of pleasure. It's a way to disconnect to say, you know what, I'm not going to be mastered by anything. I'm going to disconnect myself from that. And he says, when you give, 
He said, well, I want you to be generous. I want you to reflect God as a generous people who give their time, their talents, resources. He says, when you do these things, he's telling us there's a right way to do it. There's, there's a way he wants us to do it. And when we do it his way, it just, it works. Life works. Marriage works. Business works. Parenting, it works. Because he, the principle that he, he gives us are things that work. And I don't know about you, I'm always looking for what works, Right? And God is saying, I want to give you something that works. This week, you don't have to struggle through everything. There's a better way, and I want to help you with it. So get in a group. Make church a priority. Make it say, I, I need to be there so I can learn, I can grow, I can be challenged. Get in a group where you can be with other people. So this series, Circle Maker, it'll have little effect on your life unless you believe this one thing, that God is for you. So if, if you want, if, if you don't believe this, that God is for you, I, I don't think this series is going to have a big effect on your life. Because when you don't believe he's for you, you don't really believe he's going to answer your prayers. You don't believe he really cares about you. But this is what Romans says, Romans 8.31. It says, what shall we say then about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? There's a promise there, a statement that says, if God is for us, who can be against us? I love the message translation. It says, what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? Like, it's, it's a, the battle's won. We can go in with confidence. Because when you believe God is for you, your prayers are no longer timid and ineffective. They begin to say, all right, God, you're for me. I know you want me to succeed. I know you want me to be a good father, so help me. Lead me in this time. Help me to, help me to be able to accomplish what you want me to do. I know you want me to be successful in business so I can be a blessing to those around me, so I can bless those. Help me to do this. I know you want to have a good marriage because it's, it's going to be the best thing I give my kids. He wants us to, 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 to bless us in those areas, and as we pray and we seek him for it, we have to understand he is for us he's for you if you came today and you didn't you don't think god cares about you can i tell you he cares about you and he wants you to succeed he wants you to have the best life you could possibly have he said i came to give you life and life to the full the best life possible so you will be who you become will be determined by how you pray god wants to lead us on this journey it's not just about the, the when we pray it's not about getting things and in fact, a lot of times even we make Christianity about, about doing, like it's about doing this and this and this. And really those things are important, but there's something that's going on under the, behind the scenes that God is more concerned with. It's who we're becoming. And when we begin to pray the prayers God wants us to pray, we actually begin to change. Like when we face things that are difficult and we say, God, in the middle of this, would you help me? And he comes back and says, I'll help you, but it's not going to be the way you want it to be. Will you trust me in the middle of it? And you say, okay, I'll trust you. See, there's prayers that I've prayed through my life, even starting the grove. There was prayers we prayed that God did not answer. And you know, when I look back, I actually say, thank you, God, for not answering that, because we would not be here today if he would answer that. I tried to start, not the grove, I tried to start a church in 2009, and it didn't work out. I prayed and asked God, and he didn't allow it to happen. I am so glad he didn't let it happen, because in 2014, when we started the right way, man, it's been incredible. It's a prayer that God answered. And he's in the, in the middle of it. He's saying, would you just let me lead you on this journey? Because he was more concerned about who I was becoming in this process than just what I was going to do. And if he'd allowed me to do it back then, it wouldn't have been the same thing. Throughout my life, there's things I prayed for, and, and God didn't let that happen. See, God's going to answer yes. He's going to answer no. Sometimes he's going to answer, would you be patient and just wait? Like that's, that's necessarily not a bad prayer, but it's going to take some time. Would you walk through this journey? And a lot of times, the journey that he's leading us on is actually going to be the answer of prayer, the, the, the prayer, the answers we really need, because he's going to develop something in us to say, I got this. I can, I can do this. Because when we face something difficult, it's really God saying, I believe in you enough to face this. Like this difficulty in front of you, man, you can overcome. 
It doesn't mean that um, everything's going to go according to our plan, but it will, it will go according to God's plan when we invite him into it. So who you become is determined by how you pray. God wants you to become something. If, if your prayers are just me, 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 that's a good indicator of who you're going to become in the future. That's a good indication, indication of, your, of your, your future spiritually. It's going to be a selfish future. But if your prayer is all right in the middle of this, God, I want, would you lead me through this time and, let me, and, and help me to see what you want me to see? That's a good indication of who you'll become. You'll become mature and you'll become healthy because you're inviting God to lead you and help you in this. So the story that we're going to kind of use as a backdrop for this whole series is, is the miracle that happened um, in the book of Joshua. And so we're going to go to the book of Joshua 6, uh, 1 through 16. It's called the Jericho Miracle. And I'm going to read it, and I have a portion on the screen that's just kind of in the middle of that. But this is what the story says. Uh, Joshua 6, 1, it says, Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went in and no one came out. Let me give you a little backstory here. So the people of Israel, God rescued them from slavery, which is a picture of, of us when we... Before Christ, um, we are, we're bound to sin, we're bound to addiction, we're bound to things that God doesn't want to break us from. It's a, it's a great picture. The Old Testament gives us a picture of what God wants to do in our lives now. He frees them from slavery, and, and they begin entering this, this as free people into this new land. And they wander for a while because they're not willing to follow God uh, the way he wants them to, and so it takes that, that journey is longer. Well, eventually God says, all right, you guys can now go into this place that I have for you, the best life you can have. I want to, I'm going to lead you in this. And, and, and the, the first place that they have to conquer is a city called Jericho, which it has this huge wall that built around it. It's kind of impenetrable. It's up on a little hill, and, and there's just the, these walls are just massive. And uh, they get to this, and God says, I'm going to give you this city. And this is where the story takes place. They've, 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 they're done walking in circles, and now they're ready to actually go into the place God wants them to. And he says, so Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went in, and no one went out. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Come up, take the Ark of the Covenant, let's do what the Lord has said. And the order of the people advance, march around the city with the armed guards going ahead of the Ark. And you can read on the rest of the story. And so essentially, God tells them, all right, this is what's going to happen. The first battle that God, I'm gonna, you're going to face, this first miracle that you need, it's going to be all about me showing up in a great way. So just trust me. Can you imagine Joshua, the commander, the, the, the commander-in-chief of the army, comes out, says, all right, guys, you ready to take over Jericho? And they're like, yeah. And they get their swords, and they're like, we're going to conquer he said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to be silent, and we're going to walk around the cities for six days. Just quiet. We're going to pray. That's it. And you can imagine the guys like, that's the plan? That is not a good plan. Like, can we just charge it? Like, where's the battle in Ram? Where's the catapults? Let's do something. And, and, and they begin to, say, to, to do this. And, and so you can imagine one day they march, and I'm sure the first day people of Jericho are thinking like, oh, man, what's going to happen? You know, thousands of these guys marching around the city. What's going to take place? And nothing happens. The next day they get on march. Probably the second day, people are starting to like laugh, like, "Man, you guys are crazy! What you think like uh, something's going to happen to us?" Like, and they begin to mock, I'm sure. And then every day after, for six days, silent marching around. Probably took about half hour to march around the whole city, all, all the army. And the seventh day, they begin to march around, and they do it like God says. And they, they blow the trumpet, they let out, let out the, the blasts, and the walls fall down. 
In fact, archaeologists have went and they discovered where Jericho is, and they've dug down, and you could see where the walls had fallen down and there were other, other things that had been built on top of it, but the walls fell out and they broke down. It's pretty amazing. And who gets all the credit? Not Joshua, but God. They did something they went, but they circled. They circled this. And this is kind of the, the point of what we're talking about. The circle maker. Honey made the circle and said, God, man, I'm not going to move until you show up because I need you to show up. And it was a prayer of desperation, a prayer of, of need, a prayer of help. Joshua and them, they, they circled the city and they prayed. What would it look like if we as people begin to circle the promises that God has for our lives? Throughout the Bible, there's a lot of promises. For sickness, there's promises of healing in there. What, what is it that God wants to do? So um, essentially, he said, your entire army is going to march around six times. On the seventh day, we're going to do this miracle. So my question for us is this. What is your Jericho? What's your Jericho? If we're going to draw prayer circles and, and, and begin to pray promises around things, you have to identify first, what is that miracle, that thing that I need God to do in my life? What is your Jericho? For people that have cancer, it's spelled healing. If, if your family, um, it, it, some family person in your family is far from God, it, it's spelled salvation. That'd be a promise to circle for them. Uh, if a marriage has fallen apart, we would spell that reconciliation, right? Um, if your vision is beyond re, um, beyond uh, your, your ability to, to have things, it would be spelled out provision. Like if you didn't have the resources to accomplish what you really want to, you'd ask God for help. So what is your Jericho? For me, I have kids. They're, they're my Jericho. There's a miracle. I say, God, I want you to do something amazing in my kids' lives. So uh, there's prayers in the Bible that I pray for my kids on a daily basis, on an ongoing basis, saying, God, would you do these things in my kids' lives? Would you help them? So you have to define the promises God wants you to stake claim to, the miracle God wants you to believe for, and the dreams that God wants you to pursue. You have to define those. If you want them to be accomplished, you have to be able to define them so you can begin to pursue them. Um, it's, it's because we have to figure out, God, what do you want to do in these things? What, what are the things that you're leading me to accomplish in my life, my marriage? Can you go the next one for me? There's... Uh, in, in the New Testament, Jesus, there's a story of Jesus. He leaves the city of Jericho. And on his way out, they, they bring some blind men to him. Um, and, and this is what he says to the blind men, all right? So they come up, and they, obviously somebody led him to him, and, and they, they're standing in front of Jesus. And this is the question Jesus asked them in Matthew 20, 32. It says, Jesus stood still and called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? The people looking around probably thought, like, man, that's a dumb question. They're blind. They want you to heal them. You know, he's been doing all these miracles. It's obvious. But Jesus asked him the question, what do you want me to do for you? It's a good question. I mean, it's obvious what they need, but God, Jesus wants to know, what, what do you want? Is it the same thing? See, a lot of times we don't get prayers answered because we really don't know what we want. Or the motive behind it is the wrong motive, and, and we can't really define what God is wanting to accomplish in our lives. The goals and the things that God has for us. So even though we might believe God is for us, a lot of times we have no idea what we want God to do for us. A lot of times that's why our prayers don't answer. We really don't know what we're asking for. It's just kind of the, whatever's in front of me, let's do that. But what are those big things that God is saying, I really want to do something amazing in your life. Would you trust me and ask, let me lead you through these? There's another story, same, different story, different blind man. They bring him to Jesus, his name is Bartimaeus. Mark 10, 51, and Jesus answers him and says, what do you want me to do for you? Can you imagine today Jesus comes to you, God comes to you and he says, all right, so I know you have some needs. What do you want me to do for you? What would be your answer? God came and said, what do you want me to do for you? What would you ask for? Like, this is the one thing I want to do. I remember when I was 14, year old, 14 years old, I was reading a story in the Bible about this king named Solomon. And God shows up to Solomon and says, all right, Solomon, you're about to leave this country. What, what do you want me to do for you? 
Ask me anything. I'll do it for you. And Solomon says, God, I need wisdom to lead your people well. And God says, all right, I'm going to grant your request. He says, because you didn't ask for all these other selfish things, I'm going to bless you beyond all this also, but I'm going to let you lead. And I remember as a 14-year-old, I prayed this prayer at 14 and said, God, I want that. If that worked for him, would it, let it work for me. I need wisdom. And I asked God for wisdom. And then on this journey, I, I believe at a young age, God was calling me to be a pastor. I remember there, there's, a, there's a, a passage in James that, that James says, if any, of you ask, ask, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God who gives generously and he'll give it to you. And, and there's a promise that God says, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. And I, I remember at a young age, I, um, I, went, I went as a missionary when I was 18 to South America and lived for a year and served. Uh, it's kind of some beginning of my, some of my training for, for to be a pastor. And then I came back, and at 19 years old, I began to lead uh, kids' ministry and, and, and some, some music ministry and stuff like that. And I was young, and I was leading adults who were, you know, a lot older than me, some, some cases twice my age. And my prayer again was, God, I need wisdom to do what you've called me to do. And I began to circle that promise. God, I need wisdom. It says that when we ask you, you give wisdom. And can I tell you, this last year, God reminded me of that prayer. And he reminded me and says, I've been answering that prayer every time you pray it. You ask for wisdom, it's my heart to give wisdom. Why? It's something I need, but it's something that God wants to do. What in your life has God been wanting to do, but you're not asking for it because you're not thinking that way or you don't know what promises that he has for you? Well, I pray this series would be a, a time that says, all right, God, what do you want to do in my life? I'm open to this. What are those promises you want me to circle? Every week we, we go through these things. There's there scriptures we give you. Those should be times where you circle that and say, all right, that's something I want in my life. I need that. All right, God, I'm going through a difficulty like last week, right? I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, in the middle of this. I'm going to trust you that you're going to lead me through this challenge to develop something in me and my character. Because here, here, the author of Circle Maker, Mark Batterson, this is what he says. A well-developed faith results in well-defined prayers. A well-developed faith results in well-defined prayers. And a well-defined prayer results in well-lived life. You want to have a well-lived life? Well, have a well-defined prayers. You want to have well-defined prayers? Have a well-developed faith. It starts there. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm gonna, it's a relationship. I'm going to listen for you. I'm going to hear you. And then I'm going to say, all right, these are the things you want to do in my life. I want to walk with you in this. As a church, we're stepping out of faith this next month and saying, all right, God, we're going to enlarge our capability and our capacity to be able to reach more people. Help us. It's a step of faith. Help us to have wisdom and how to do it correctly, what to do, what not to do. So for us as a church, here's one thing. If you don't know what circle, maybe this week you're thinking, I don't know what to pray for. I'm going to give you a prayer to help pray, pray with us. All right? Here's one prayer that you can pray for the Grove this week. This is our prayer. This has been our prayer for more than two years, like specifically for the Grove. Uh, we've actually said, like, the Grove in it. Um, it's this. God, would you help us, help the Grove reach people in Santa Fe with your life-giving message this week? Every single week we pray. So if you're here today, we pray for you this week. Not just me, but our team and even people around our state and our country that are praying with us. And we pray and say, God, would you help the Grove make an impact? Would you help us to reach it? For 71 weeks, this will be the 72nd week that we've existed as a church. And, and every single week, at least one person has made a commitment to Christ, which is cool. That's why we exist. We do it. It's a prayer of faith. It's a prayer of saying, God, we're still in the promise. And here's why that prayer works. There's a, there's a scripture that says that God, he, he wills that none would perish. Like it is not God's heart for people to perish and to die far away from him. His heart is for them to connect to him, to have salvation. So when we pray, God, would you help us to connect people to you? That's a promise in the Bible. He's saying, I want to do that. So he answers the prayer. And every single week, somebody says, all right, I'm going to step out in faith. 
I'm going to try this. I'm going to commit my life to Jesus. I'm going to commit my life to God to follow his ways. And then the, the journey begins and the process begins. Um, the books that we give out at the end of service, we've given out a ton of those books. We're almost up to 200 books that we've given away. That's awesome. That's 200 books in people's hands saying, here's some next steps you can take. Bibles, we've given over 100 Bibles away. People didn't have a Bible. That's amazing. 200 and, I think it's 267 people since we've started have committed, made that commitment, that, that, that journey to say, today I'm going to commit my life to Christ or I'm going to recommit my life to Christ. And they've taken that step. It's awesome because we're circling that. So if you want to know for the girl what you can pray for, pray that every single week we would see people that say, God, we need your help, and they take that step of faith. Because families begin to get better, our culture will begin to get better, our, our city, things will begin to change when we begin to let God work in our lives. That's what we're about. So for us, in our, in our, in our culture, we're so um, instant gratification, microwave, uh, you know, fast food, everything has to be instant. Well, our generation, it desperately needs to rediscover the difference between just praying for something and praying through. Like, we can't stop. Like, you don't, God doesn't want you to just pray one time. In fact, he tells a story about this lady, a persistent widow, who keeps asking the judge for help. Like, I'm not going to stop until you give me justice. And eventually the judge, Jesus says in the story, the judge gets tired of this lady asking that he just says, all right, just give this lady whatever she wants so she can stop bugging me. And you know what the, what the, what the story was about? Prayer. He's saying, how much do you believe in this that you'll keep going and you'll pray through? Because there's situations that we need to keep praying and interceding until God intervenes. There's times that we need to circle that prayer over and over and over and know that that prayer is going to be answered one day. Praying through is all about consistency. All right? It's, it's about circling that prayer so many times. Jericho, they branched every day over and over. It was consistent. They're making a statement like, we are not going to stop until God shows up. Circle it. Persistence with it. It's about consistency. Keep doing it over and over. And it's about intensity. In, in the story, this is what, you, what, what God says to, to, to Joshua in, in the Jericho story. He says, um, in, ver, in verse 2 of chapter 6, he says, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Like his first statement is, hey, nobody's coming in and going out because the gates are locked and the, and the city's secure. And he says, but see, I've delivered. Past tense, like it's already happened. Like there's things that God has already wanted to do in your life, and it's already going to be a done deal if you would just be willing to say, all right, God, I'm going to pray for this. I'm going to pray through. I'm going to continue on. And what happened is, I bet as, as Joshua heard that, like, hey, he's already delivered us. What does this mean? Like, it's already done deal? And you can imagine him being to the prayer for God, thank, please do this, to God, thank you for doing this. In our church, a lot of times we pray this weekend. This week I prayed, God, thank you for the people that are coming today, for the people that are going to come on Sunday that are going to have an encounter with you, that are going to be able to interact with you. Thank you for that, that you're going to do something amazing. And we begin to pray through. Because here's the thing, miracles that have happened, they would not have happened if somebody wouldn't have stepped out in faith. Every miracle in the Bible, it wouldn't have taken place unless somebody would have stepped out and said, I'm going to trust you enough to step out in faith to see you do something amazing. I'm going to trust you enough to step out in faith to see you do nothing, something. Miracles don't happen if we don't step out in faith. We don't impact our culture if we don't say, all right, let's do something about it. So here's the thing, if you want God to do something new in your life, you have to stop doing the old things. You want something new in your life? Man, you, you can't do the same old. You have to say, God, what is the new thing you want me to do? So here's the thing that I think that we can help you with is when it comes to reading the Bible, don't just read the Bible. Start circling the prayers. What I mean by circling is, is start believing God for those things. Like pray them over and over and over. Pray and ask God to help you. Don't just make a wish. Write down a list of God-glorifying life goals. Like what do you want to accomplish in life? And then ask God, are these the goals you want me to accomplish? You give me the gifts to do these things. Help me to do it. 
And he began to write those down. And then don't just pray. Keep a journal. Like track those prayers. Like when you're praying for things that are really important, like write them down and say, these are the things I'm praying for. In some cases, even read your prayers that you wrote down so that when God answers, you can look back and say, man, he answered that. Whoa, he answered that. And he answered that. And then you're going to be like, I'm so glad he didn't answer that. Thank you for not answering that one. That was not a really good prayer. And you have track. You can track it and understand that God is on this with us. So today, define your dream, claim your promise, and spell your miracle. What are those things? And define it. Begin to say, all right, what are those things that God wants to do in my life? And then begin to claim those promises that God has for us. And then spell out the miracle. So here's our, our challenge for today. Write, write your prayers down. Start a prayer journal. For four weeks, we're going to go through this series. We're going to challenge you about prayer, to, to believe God for big things, to step out in faith and begin to trust him for, 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 to accomplish great things in your life. Well, would you track those for this next, this next four weeks? And then from Lent, from Ash Wednesday until Easter, we're going to be doing a book that kind of ties into this as, as uh, kind of like an extracurricular because we want to help people during the week also. We'll go through this journey. Maybe during that time, you can also continue your, your, your prayer journal. Here's, my, here's the thing. If you are going to begin to develop a habit of prayer and journaling, prayer journal, um, try to pick the same time and the same space every time you do it because it will help you be consistent because that's important. Pick the same time and the same place that become a habit to do that. That's our challenge. And here's the thing. We want to be able to provide you a tool to do that. And so we have some, if you don't have a, a book, a notebook, something you need to write in, uh, we have some, some notebooks outside in the hall on the way out. You can pick one up. Um, it's a, you can use it as a prayer journal. Nothing special about it. Just, a, just a, no, a notebook that we bought to say, hey, here's a tool for you to start doing something. Start defining what you're asking God to do. Because I imagine pretty soon, in the coming days, God's going to show up and say, what do you want me to do for you? Because I want to do something for you. And if you're willing to define it and willing to say, God, this is what I need, he'll show up and he'll do it. I guarantee. If it's what God wants to do in your life, and you begin to seek him for it, it'll, it'll happen. Not always in our time, but in his time, it always does. He's a good father. He knows what we need better than what we know ourselves, and he leads us through that. So as we close this service today, this is, uh, I guess, my invitation for you. If you're here today, maybe you're new to church, maybe, maybe for a long time you've Maybe you walked away from God. At one point, you were following him, and you've kind of left. But we want to give you an opportunity today to kind of have a new start. Make a commitment to saying, God, I want, I want to follow you. I want what you have for my life. In fact, the Bible says it this way. The Bible says that if, if we confess our sins, we confess the past, we confess our mistakes, that he forgives us of that, and he gives us a new start. He says those who call upon the Lord for salvation will be saved. It's an amazing thing. He's a gracious, merciful God that says, if you'll just ask me, I'll respond. So if you're here today and you're maybe standing in front of, you know, your Jericho, there's something big in front of you. God wants to help you through that. But the first place he really wants to help is, is beginning your heart and your life of saying, would you let me lead you? So do me a favor. Would you close your eyes, bow your head as we kind of close up service? If you're here today and you say, I need God to lead me, would you just raise your hand? Can I have you come down to the front? Awesome. Just good pray with you in your seat. Anybody else, you're here today and say, I need this. I need to commit my life to God. I need to take that step, start this faith journey. So for you that raised your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Prayer is just a conversation. We're talking to God. We're asking him for help. We're just going to invite him to lead. Ask him to forgive us and help us to have a new start.
So if you pray that prayer, if you raise your hand, would you pray this with me? If you're, if you're a Christian and you want to encourage them, would you pray this with us? Say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help. Please help me. Today I confess that I've messed up, that I'm in need of a Savior. Forgive me. Create in me a new heart and a new life. I believe you died on that cross for me. And I believe you're alive today. So I invite you to lead me and help me on this journey. I invite you into my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.